0: Welcome, You may be seated. Glad to have you here. Now, um, it is appearing that as summer has approached, that our numbers have kind of uh, dwindled. And so we, we basically we canceled the, the evening devotional, which is basically this devotional, but during the evening. Thank you, Trisha, for your ministry. Is that the first time you've heard Trisha? Is that the first time you've done it, Tricia? Here, yeah. For here. So there you go. This is, you guys are in like uh, privileged company here to, to see that. So um, it is appearing that we are going to uh, not be having the, the Wednesday devotional just due to the fact that we're not getting the, uh, the people uh, out to do it. What I might do though is I might, uh, I might continue the series um, online. I might do the devotional Online, so for those people who kind of have been with me every single week, uh, uh, I like to. I hate half doing a series, uh, especially one which I think is as important uh, as this, which is the fruit of the spirit. And so, uh, if you have your Bibles, actually, I think I do have the uh, on PowerPoint. I think I have uh, Galatians chapter five. If you ever stop and consider? And I think that Galatians was one of the very first epistles, uh, letters that was written. As Paul is writing this out to people, he is kind of talking to people who may have still been around when Jesus was alive. Or not too far removed from that. Like this is the New Testament church. This is, these are some of the very first Christians. So as he's teaching, some of these issues are, are very real. And it's kind of funny how uh, it has not changed even to this day. And so, so some of the things that he was having to, to deal with was a thing called uh, the Judaizers. One of the main reasons that, that uh, Paul writes uh, the book of Galatians is because there was a group of people that were saying, yes, you need, to be, you need to be saved by faith. You need to come to know Jesus and passionately follow him as a result of Jesus dying on the cross. But you also need to keep the Jewish law. If you read the book of Galatians, you kind of see Jesus, uh, Paul arguing with these Judaizers in that. But there was an issue of the fact that, that, that um, there was a dealing of morality. He was basically showing a contrast of what the world looks like and what, what the works of the flesh are. And he begins to make an argument about the fact that that doesn't have to be the way that it is. That there's a way that you can live if you are submitted to the Holy Spirit. And if you are living a life which is submitted to the Holy Spirit, then there are a number of qualities that will come out that will make you to be identical to the qualities of Christ. And so let me just kind of read that to you. I'm going to start Galatians chapter 5 verse 16. And it says this, "...but I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh." For the flesh sets its desire against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things that you please, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Kind of see the, the law, the, Jude, the keeping the law as well as accepting Jesus. This is kind of part of the conversation that he is kind of arguing all along here, okay? I don't know if you find that interesting. Um, I find it interesting to figure out why exactly Paul is writing these letters to this particular group. So here, verse 19. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions envyings, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these of which I forewarn you just as I have warned you that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And here's where we get into the the aspect of the fruit of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against us there's no law. Now those who belong to Christ, Jesus, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. So Paul is giving us an encouragement of the fact that there is a way that you can live if you are clinging to God, if you are trusting in the Holy Spirit. Uh, If you you haven't been kind of following along, there has been a statement that I've used every time I've kind of had. it. It is not an issue of of uh, in imitation, but it is duplication. It is the Holy Spirit working through you to create something real, something that you can't achieve on your own. And it is only as you, you cling to the Holy Spirit. It is a character development, which is impossible without the infilling and the work of the Holy Spirit working through you. So basically what I have been doing is I've kind of been randomly picking them. Uh, I just, I didn't want to kind of go in order for some reason. I just thought, well, hey, you got to come for the surprise, right? So this is the surprise. Goodness. How many here are good? We have some good people out there? Oh, not too many? Well, the Bible basically says there is none that doeth good. But uh, as, as we have given ourselves to Christ and have been forgiven for our sins, one of the fruits that is evident is this thing which is called um, goodness, Now, I kind of have things uh, arranged to kind of make it easy to absorb, digest uh, truth from the Word of God. So what basically is goodness? Well, goodness comes from a Greek word which is called egosuni, and it basically is an uprightness of heart and life. Goodness includes both a character that is virtuous and a character which is kind, It includes both. It's a special way of living, but it's a special way of living for others. And it it expects no recompense, but it just kind of does good things for the privilege of enlarging one's soul. Someone put it this way. It is constituted in practical zeal for helping. It's a deliberate effort to help put the world right. It is love in action it is love with hands to the plow. Goodness is not a lazy term. It is an active term. It is a practical term. It is goodness with a burden on its back. You can't say that you are a good person or you cannot explain goodness without explaining some form of action. If a person claims to be good and does nothing, then it is hard to prove that goodness in an individual. That is kind of an important part. Um, good is, is love, ser- is serving God and humanity. You see, and here's the thing about the fruit of the Spirit. Um, fruit of the Spirit is not uh, a couch potatoes friend. Maybe that's the best way of putting it. If God begins to work in a person's life, when you decide to passionately follow Jesus, there isn't this kind of contract between you and God, and God says, well, there you go, you're free, uh, just sit back and relax, uh, services are at um, 10 o'clock, uh, or 10.30 if you want to go across town, and you sleep in a little bit earlier, but, but hey, it's all pretty well done for you now, and, um, and so basically, uh, you, are, you are set, that's well, not what Christianity is all about. You know, the, the term is to be a follower of Jesus. The term is the fact that if all of a sudden you give your heart to Jesus, there's something inside of us that says, okay, God, so what do I do to serve you? And so goodness is a part of this. And so that was what basically is goodness is defined as. So, so there are actually words that are used to describe goodness. So if you're trying to express and tell people what goodness is, there are certain other words that you need that are elements of goodness. Where you see these elements, you will actually see goodness in action. The first one is selflessness. You know, true goodness or generosity is a process of giving from the heart. It is not goodness if the heart is not involved. This is kind of an important thing. Because a lot of people do a lot of good things, but you will find out that there's an ulterior motive in place. This particular company, they give, they give $10 million a year to help those people who are in poverty. But then all of a sudden you realize that, that there is a commercial that happens to, to help their business and give them a, a profile that actually causes them to make $20 million. Well, is that really goodness? It is an issue Of being selfless. Where the self is not included. It's not necessarily private. But it doesn't really care if it gets credit. That's kind of where goodness uh, is involved. The other thing is practicality. If goodness doesn't solve something. It's not goodness. Have you ever realized. When you read about the story of the Good Samaritan. We all know about the Good Samaritan. We've read the Good Samaritan. The Bible never ever. Ever. Refers to the Good Samaritan as good. Ever stop to consider that? It's never called good. We have, through the years, referred to the story as the Good Samaritan. Why? Well, because he practically met the needs of the individuals. He went out of his way. He didn't consider religiosity or anything like that. He just saw that there was a need and did everything he could uh, to make things right. Goodness is an action word. It is a practical word. Um, there's a story that I came across, and it was called The Disparity Between Intellect and Character. It was an interesting story. But was about a girl who didn't have a whole lot of money, but she had earned her way to go into Harvard University. But as a result of doing that, she had to uh, uh, be a, a waitress and, and a girl that cleaned up in, um, in hotel rooms. And so what happened was there was a guy who continually berated her, continually treated her like she was was less than a human being and was continually propositioning her until she finally went to her professor and said, you know what, I've just had enough. He says, the way I'm being treated by people is absolutely unfair and it goes directly against everything that you've taught in her class. He was a morals teacher and the guy who who had... um, uh, she was accusing of, it, had gotten the highest marks for moral reasoning, moral reasoning philosophy. He got top marks about the issue of being good. Yet at the same time, he couldn't be good. There's a difference between knowing it. There's a difference between a head knowledge about doing the right thing or the philosophy of being good and to actually have it as part of your character. It has to be practical. Generosity. Primarily, a synonym for goodness is generosity, the, what, the manifestation of goodness in, in being able to be generous towards other and in your time towards God. Generosity. It means basically to give. And the other one is this, betterment. We often don't think that that's an important one. But basically, a person who is good or where the goodness of God is moving in that individual sees something which is not right. ...and goes out of their way to make it right or to somehow make it better. That makes sense, doesn't it? The aspect of goodness described. So the next aspect is this. Goodness is also important because it is divine in its origins. If you want to know about goodness, just take a look at the story of the gospel. And when you hear the word gospel... Do we know what the Greek word for gospel is? Good news. Jesus coming, seeing the plight of mankind, that we are hopelessly lost without God, comes, gives up the use of his his his, his godly attributes, dies on a cross, rises from the dead to make it better for mankind. The life of Jesus is a perfect example of Goodness. And so you take a look at that. You take a look at Peter when Peter talks about Jesus in Acts chapter 10, verse 38. He says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, the Holy Spirit, and power, and how he went about doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil. Jesus is known as the Good Shepherd. The Good Shepherd gives his life for his sheep. You see, the Bible basically says there's no one that is good. And so, and so the aspect of us being good is totally connected to the fact that the God who is all goodness is working in through us to, to make that same character put in, into place. There's the divine aspect of goodness. But then that brings us to the fact that with all these things in mind... Um, goodness is desired um there are two people if you look at scriptures i'm not too sure if i kind of ah i missed one didn't i glenn did i miss one you up there let me go back i'm thinking i missed something here i got too busy thinking about it i was on a bunny trail and i skipped um goodness is displayed can we go back to goodness displayed there here we go there are two people in scripture particularly in the new testament particularly in the book of Acts that are known to have been good. And as I say that, maybe you're kind of reeling through your your book of Acts knowledge and saying, who are these two people? Well, the one was a fellow named Barnabas. And it basically says of, of Barnabas that he was a man full of the Holy Spirit and faith. And it says that he was a good man. And once it talks about that, as soon as it says that, it says this about Barnabas, or about Barnabas. Um, the church was kind of in trouble and so he had a piece of land and sold it and gave it to the church it's kind of interesting that that story is included with the term that he was a good man basically showed that he was a generous individual the other one was a fellow if you look into, into Acts chapter 10 there's a guy named Cornelius and Cornelius was a Roman centurion which was part of I think the Italian regiment that's kind of interesting um, some people feel, and I don't know if it's true. I don't think that they can prove it. But some people have felt that this Cornelius was also the same person who sat at the cross when Jesus died and said, Surely this was the Son of God. Kind of interesting. I don't know if it's true. But it says that this guy was a good man. And basically said, this guy gave in alms to the poor all the time. And so and so if you take a look at these two individuals both of them were greatly used to advance the church ahead particularly Barnabas but Cornelius was the guy who was chosen for the gentile people to receive the holy spirit. There is a direct correlation between goodness and the goodness in an individual and the moving of the spirit of God. So it's displayed in showing kindness to others. It's, it's, it's shown in helping the poor. Hebrews 13 talks about, about the fact that, that uh, if we share what we have, we do his services and we're pleasing to God. It talks about Titus, about obeying the law. That what we need to do is obey the law and to be obedient to the law and to do what is good. It also talks about the fact of sharing our faith is something which is good. What we are doing is we are shedding good news to other people. So anyways... There's a spot that I missed. Um, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. So, why be good? Because I think that once you become good in a way which doesn't have an ulterior motive, that's the point when God really begins um, to move in your life. I believe that's when healing begins to take place. And I believe that that's the point where God begins to use you in a way where people look at you and say, you know what? There's something different about that guy. There's something different about that girl. There's something that exudes out of them. Well, it's the aspect that the character has been changed somehow in some way. And goodness was such a strange word in the book of Galatians. And In the Galatians church at that time. Because our society that we live in today is the society that it is because of because of the culture of Christianity, which has shown kindness and goodness. It has been inbred in us. But at this particular time of you know 65 AD, whenever this scripture uh, was was recorded, it was written for the first time, the whole concept of goodness. Was not there. If there was a disease that had taken place, if there was if there was like a pandemic as to what had happened, and there were a number of pandemics that happened during those times, what a family would do, a Greek family, an unchurched family would do, is they would say, Oh, Auntie Marge, I'm I'm so um feel so bad that you have this. um, we're moving out and we're kind of going to leave you there. What happened was they abandoned their sick. Uh, what happens many times, if their children were imperfect, they just kind of left them on the street. That, that, that many times, the, the way of life was to just make sure that you got what you got. Because if you didn't, then no one else was going to get it for you. So this was a foreign concept. When, when Paul begins to read and to, to talk about this, the people are kind of blown away. Goodness? You mean I need to act in kindness towards others even if I don't know them? Yeah, this is what it was all about. It was about the fact that God was moving deeply in the hearts of people, so it went far beyond themselves. As a matter of fact, take a look at Galatians chapter 6, verse 10. What is it? Maybe 12 verses later, he says this, As you have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men. Goes on to say, especially unto those who are in the household of faith. There is something in us when you sign up the contract to follow Jesus, that God wants to make you good. That God wants you to be able to better your world, wherever that world is, and whatever is encompassed, whoever is encompassed in that particular world. I don't know if, if uh, you've ever heard of an individual named uh, Bill Bright. Um, Bill Bright was an incredible individual. Bill Bright was the one who created uh, the Jesus movie. Uh, that went about, I think, millions of people came to know the Lord as a result of the Jesus movie. He was the one who created Campus Crusade for Christ, which has done extensive work in our colleges and universities. Well, this guy's ministry grew so much that was almost un- it was un- unreal how much things had progressed under his ministry. Like, there were hundreds of people who were underneath him as a, as a leader. You know what the funny thing was about Bill Bright? Is there was a statement about him. He's, he's, been, he's with the Lord now. He died a number of years ago. But there was someone who said, everybody has a Bill Bright story. What did he mean by that? He was so good at being kind and good to people that it didn't matter whether you were high up in the organization or if you're one of the lowest people in the organization. He went out of his way to be good. I think God is calling us to be Bill Bright's. Everybody's got a Mike Gordon story. I would love to hear that about me. Hopefully it's a good story. <laughs> but uh, there, was a, there was a radio broadcast. I think it's still running. It's called This American Life. And there was, a, there was an episode which was called Know When to Fold him. It was the story of a fellow named David Dickerson. And, and uh, he talked about growing up in what he felt was a repressive Christian home. And so when he was 18 years old, he could not wait to get out. I got to get out of here. So what happens is he goes and he takes on um, an education, and I'm not too sure exactly uh, where it was, but he feels that he becomes enlightened as he goes to university and to the big town. And, and uh, he doesn't come back home for 10 years. So all of a sudden, at 28 years old, he comes in and he is loaded. He is saying, you know what? When the time comes, I am going to let my dad have it. I'm going to talk about how empty his religion is. I'm going to talk about all the flaws. I'm going to talk about some of the philosophical holes that is is, is displayed in, in what he believes in. And, and so he's there with his family and everything is going well. And his, his dad just kind of um, innocently starts to talk about a missionary group that he is praying for. And at that point, he says, okay, the war is on because there is a war between my dad and me. He said, my dad didn't realize that there was a war between me and him, but there was a war. And so what happened was he just unloaded about everything that he thought was wrong with what he had believed since he had grown up. He had all of the, all of the statistics. He had everything there. And he said, my dad just let me unload everything every single thing that I had to say, and I had a lot to say. And so what happens is, as his son sits there, uh, totally breathless, after this tirade, he says, you know what, David? I'm really proud of everything that you have done. And so this is what he says as he closes the story. He says, and I remember looking at my dad, and I thought, I had sort of, expected to argue. You know, not to win, but to come to some kind of armistice, you know, some kind of truce. I hadn't expected to completely lose because you can't argue with decency. You can't argue with goodness. Isn't that true? You can't argue with goodness. just kind of happens. Just kind of do it. And it slowly makes a difference in people's lives. You know, if people remember you in a good way, chances are it's because you probably did something good. Think of some of the, the most influential people in your life. The people who have made the greatest impact. It's Probably because they did something good. Help us, Lord, to be people who are good Lord I just pray that you will bless each and every one of us as we work every day to have the fruit of the spirit instilled in our lives Holy Spirit I pray take over let us walk in the spirit let us hold on to you let us continually walk as close to you as I possibly can because Lord I can't be good on my own as a matter of fact your word says there's no one that does good but God But as I have sought to follow you, Lord, that goodness can become something which is part of me, and not only part of me, will help to change the world that I'm in. And so, Lord, I just pray for your blessing, I pray for your anointing, and I pray for the character of goodness, Lord, to be upon all of us. And Lord, maybe as we're concluding, there might be that one individual that you are calling us to be good towards, to maybe show generosity towards, or selflessness to, Father. And I'm praying for the presence of the Holy Spirit to be with us and that you will be lifted up and glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.